Hello and welcome everyone to the Carbohydrate Chronicles, a podcast about glycoscience and glycoscientists. In this show, via a series of interviews, we explore the world of carbohydrate science and innovation from a personal point of view. Your host today is Tamash Ohai, a member of Carbohydrate Scientific Team. Over the past weeks, we talked a lot about glycoscience and research in this field, but what happens with these compounds and inventions once they fulfill the dream? They get commercialized and manufactured and they start their true journey in the pharmaceutical industry. Rocket Frere is one of the world's biggest excipient manufacturers and certainly leader in sugars and psychodextrins. Our guest today is Elham Blue, Global Market Manager for Injectables and Regional Head for Biopharma Technologies and Rocket. Welcome, Elham. It's nice to have you on the show. Welcome, Tamash. Thanks so much to invite me. It's always a pleasure to talk with you, Elham. Oh, the same. Likewise, Tamash. Adam has a very unique career path that led to her position at Rocket. She has the most widest variety of experiences among all the guests that we have talked. She's done research works at university, been responsible pharmacist in compounding, and a company producing sterile medical devices. He has teaching experience with pharmacist assistants, pharmacist worked at the French health competent authorities, and then now she works at Rocket. So industry, laboratories, university, everything. This is a very exciting career, Alam. How come that you tried almost all the aspects of pharmaceutical jobs? Well, uh, it started when I in my childhood, when I was five, six years old. Okay, now I'm 62. At that time, they used to give us the fish oil, you know, in liquid. I hate the taste was so bad. And it's funny that I decided that I will be a pharmacist and I will produce and develop medicine for children. It was a good taste because it's not good to give them this bad taste medicine. And lucky I was that uh, I, I love chemistry, physics, maths, and so on. So I studied pharmacy in, in Belgium and, and then started my thesis in university in Lille in the north of France. And uh, at university, I work a lot in research and mainly in uh, oral dosage form or topical dosage form. And then um, I had the, the, the chance to be a responsible pharmacist in an English company making sterile uh, medical device. So I learned so much about sterilization technique, the validation. I even uh, set up a new clean room, etc. Then your life changed, a private life. So I have to follow my husband. And we went to the south of France where there was no pharma company. But I work in R&D for food company, a big one, which was BSN, now it's Danone. But and, and, and you find that the way the quality assurance, the way they develop, you know, even for pets and so on, but the, the way they do it and the stability study is the same as we do in pharma. So I work a little bit for them. And then I gave a lecture to, uh, to assistant, pharmacist assistant in biology, maths, chemist, and so on. And then your life changed. And I, I know I was lucky that I could come back to the north of France as uh, responsible of manufacturing in a pharma company. Uh, it was Knoll, part of uh, Abbott, and it was all about uh, oral uh, solid dosage form and some liquid 
does it from? But it was a great experience because it was all different. Does it uh, oral does it from from immediate release to controlled release, from sugar coating to film coating, and we had to start a new. Uh, manufacturing because everything was bring back to the north all the solid dosage form of the group it was a, really a great experience it was a wonderful two years and then i had again the chance to come to paris and work for the french health agency where i was at the end head of the unit of pharmaceutical assessor so we were assessing the quality of medicine, what we call the module three. I must admit that this position was my favorite one because you are actor of public health, not only assessing fire, but you are actor. You participate in writing the guidelines, representing France at the EMEA or other organizations, and also interacting with pharma company to advise them how to file their regulatory filing. It was, I must admit, the most intellectual position I had and gave me a lot of satisfaction. So the question, why did I top it? When, why did I move and come back to private? Because after nine years, I needed some new challenge. It's all about challenge. And that's why I joined Rocket. We produce excipient and API coming from the nature. It's mainly from now uh, from starch. Uh, this was an, another challenge. And in addition, I used my previous experience and expertise just for Rocket and to advance in a lot of projects. I started like a global technical developer. And also I was in charge from that time of all what we call injectable dialysis and API. And it was really exciting because you work with the pharma company, you assist them, you work with them in their development. It's not just selling, it's nothing to do with <laughs> selling, it's just assist them. Because I remember I was giving advice on formulation where our excipient were not in. It's not, it's just, you know, because I love this. My background is to be Galenist. And Galenist is the art of formulation. And that's what I love the most is to formulate. Because as you know, an API, you don't take it like this. Huh? It, otherwise, it will be so easy. You take a spoon of an API. No. You need to put it in a dosage form that first is acceptable for the patient. Second, it will ensure the bioavailability. So it's all about this that I love. So I continue with, uh, with developing some specific project with the customer. And also uh, Rocket has, um, uh, let's say, put the focus and launched six years, seven years ago to work in the biological uh, uh, field. So I'm in charge of, of these uh, within uh, Rocket, uh, these uh, technology. There is a saying that crept into my mind while, while I was listening to you, and I think they dedicated to Einstein, and it says that the measure of intelligence is our ability to adapt to, to the oh, world. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. But so, it's all about I, life. Oh, yeah. So much oh, maybe it's all about you. So. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Let's jump back a little bit in time. I understand that you studied pharmaceutics in, in Liege and Lille, but what led you? 
to to decide uh, pharma industry besides the horrible taste of fish oil. Does science run in your family or was it just no. your personal devotion? My parents are not scientific and they were more in business and my father was more uh, working for um, uh, the air control at the airport, nothing to do with science. Uh, I, I, I think I'm, I'm the only one. I was lucky that I was more scientific than literate, even though I like philosophy. This is one of my hobby, the philosophical practice, but I was lucky. You know, if I was bad in science, I could not reach what I have decided when I was young. And it was always industry to produce, to develop and produce. And, and because at the end, it is to serve people, to save life. To It's for the patient to have a better life. You, I think it's what most motivates me. There's a dream, let's say. Dream is indeed we work to save life. But what's about the access to health care? Not all people have access to health care. So when, when, when will be this day when all people around the world will have the same access to healthcare? Maybe I have to think about it when I will retire. Mm -hmm. What can I do to give access uh, to healthcare to these countries where they do not have access? That's that would be a nice nice challenge for your retirement years. Yeah, to, yeah. To work on that. <laughs> Alan, do you remember when in this fascinating journey you first encountered? carbohydrates and cyclodextrins? When, when, when did you meet them first? I think first the carbohydrate starch. Let's start because cyclodextrins are made from starch, okay? Uh, let me tell you something. Starch is the ancestor of the excipient. When it was in the 10th century, 9th century, you heard about apothecary, which were mainly in the Arabic country, the Persian country. It started there, the apothecary. They were taking herbs, grinding them, but they could not take, give them like this to, the, to their patient. So they were using a, dilu a diluent. And what was this diluent? It was starch coming from wheat or it's starch they diluted, put in sachet. And so the first contact I would say was starch when I was uh, in Lille, coming to Lille, studying and started my thesis. In Lille, in the north, they were not far from the big factory of rocket in the north. So we were using the maize starch. Cyclodextrin, it came later on when I was at the French Health Agency and start seeing some filing coming using cyclodextrin. I was really, I would say, uh, excited and curious. And I tried to look what they are. And don't forget Professor Dominique Duchesne. And funny it was, she was expert at the French Health Agency. And I was lucky to meet her and asking her question about the cyclodextrin. And she was so excited. And she said, Elam, this is the future. This is the future for solubilizing because every formulator wants to achieve the bioavailability of his dosage form. And it is one of the best stabilizer and solubilizer. And you will see. And there was other expert professor uh, in Lyon working on derivative of cyclodextrin. So it brings me some excitement. And then when you come, you arrive to Rocket, which is one of the leader in beta cyclodextrin, then it, it is great, you know, <laughs> because there is still 
a lot to do. You know better than I do, you take a starch as a polymer and a polymer, you can do whatever, whatever you want, any modification just to develop new excipient discovery about cyclodexin was really a great one. I can imagine. And, and for a person who sees formulation as an art, uh, yeah. cyclodextrin is really a, a source of ultimate uh, endless ideas. I know that you mentioned, but, but I'm still going to ask, what, what is your, your main motivation in your current work? Where, where does the real joy come, come from? I think it, it was the same in all jobs that I held. It's first the self-satisfaction. If you are not self-satisfied with your works, what you have done, you will not be motivated. So my motivation in my work is first the self-satisfaction. I have to be happy with what I have done, how I work with the other, because I love working in teams. Even if I get position of manager, managing team, but managing a team for me is working with the team. I really like that approach. What do you do if you're not at work? Do you have any hobbies that you really are passionate about? Well, I, I like listening music, all not all kind of music, but uh, rock, soul, and and okay, and French music, sometimes classic. Going to cinema, seeing movies, but I don't do it enough. As I mentioned, when I was in Paris, I was doing this more regularly. Now less is the philosophical practice, is uh, philosophical practice is the art of questioning, you know, like Socrates. Socrates, he never wrote anything. He was, you know, questioning his uh, client. And the art of questioning in the, what we call philosophical consultation is to help the other to give birth to their thought and mainly to see their problems, you know, because all of us in this world, we have problems, but oh, the majority do not want to see their problem. No, 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 it's not. No, no, no. Okay. So this is one uh, indeed reading book. And finally, at 62, decided to do some sports. So I'm doing what we call <laughs> Pilates. Yeah. Pilates. Okay. I, I really like this philosophical <laughs> drive of you. I, 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 once maybe can we can have a deeper discussion about it. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I would really like to, to learn more about uh, it. I, I'm ready to do a philosophical consultation to you if you want, Tamash. <laughs> I, I don't know what you'll find. find. I'm, a, I'm a bit afraid now. Let's talk uh, about a little bit more about science and pharmaceutical industry. Let's let's put it more yeah. like that. So, what do you keep an eye on nowadays? You have a very broad overview at, at Rocket on all the pharmaceutical applications. Mm. What's going on in the industry? What's fascinating? What's what are the unmet uh, challenges? So, what it, not necessarily in the field of carbohydrates in general. No, in general. Where do you, where do you see the industry is, is is going? What what are the fields that we should we should keep an eye on? No, it's a good question, Thomas. Sometimes it makes me sad how things are going on. But um, indeed, as you know, the main field of uh, research is in oncology. So far, after many, many years, and you know this, there is still a lot, a lot to do in oncology, in cancer. But are we going to succeed? Sometimes uh, my question is, you know, what are finally drugs? It's to treat okay, disease, but to control your body. What we are taking as drugs 
it's to treat, but you are taking foreign product in order to treat, but to control as well. And as you know, in oncology is when your cell became crazy and the gene of replication start to be active and replicate, replicate. And we want to control this. I don't know. Sometimes I'm, I don't want to say I'm afraid about cell therapy is great, is the future. Gene therapy is also the future, but we have to be careful that there is, you know, using gene really for therapy and not for anything else. I don't know if I'm clear what I'm saying. You're afraid that mankind will play God eventually? You know, have you heard about these very rich people putting a lot of money to live forever? Have you heard about it? Don't that, does it make you afraid? And and you add to this the AI, the artificial intelligence. It's good, but there can be difficult. So oncology remained the main plus another one coming, you know, immunology, immunotherapy. I'm not very positive. positive. Maybe the future is is not that positive. I've just recently read a book. It's called Homo Deus. And it's it's exactly about what you said that that mankind with the current technology and research is, is going in this way that we are focusing on longevity research to live forever to create superhumans that are yeah. immune to to every kind of of disease and are powerful and young always and and yeah, stuff yeah. like that and eventually we want to we want to be a, a new class of of people maybe maybe if we go closer to your topic we can stay more positive so yeah. how about applications of of sugars and cyclodextrins in in the pharmaceutical industry where do you see their future do you see any new applications upcoming innovations that you're excited about well it comes always back uh, well when we say sugar it comes always on cyclodextrin, new derivative, new modified cyclodextrin. Why not? You know, some people try to use them to target the drug, you know, to make a vector, a vectorization, in order when you take your drug to go to the target cell, but still a lot to do. And starch, if you take starch, the polymer, you can do a lot. You can also modify it to make it amphiphilic. Why not? But this is more for solubilization. Coming back, cyclodextrin, the modified, there is room, I mean, to innovate. And uh, uh, why not innovate in the same access uh, for biological? You know, when you when you take the different purification step in biological and the downstream, why not to graft colon, you know, chromatographic colon? and to make a selected elution and separation, not only in the final uh, medicine, not in the final drug product. We're not, yes, there is still room a lot because yeah, biological, uh, their yield is, uh, is so important and most important in biological drug. As you know, the process define your active substance, your biological, and it's a whole process. If you failed one step, you discard everything. I know that you also have experience in, in carbohydrate-based active ingredients. Do you think that other cyclodextrins that then Shugamadex can, can enter this field and we'll see more active ingredients based on cyclodextrins? Well, we have already, not, yeah, you, yes, you mentioned Shugamadex, but uh, hydroxypropyl beta-cyclodextrin is already used as an API for Neiman Peak 
type C uh, disease, this orphan disease, and others are working on it in some cardiovascular or some um, in the central nervous system. If you think about your, your whole career, is there any specific accomplishment that you are particularly proud of? There is not one specifically. I think there is one in each position I, I held. You know, when I was head of manufacturing, okay, and uh, you have uh, 36 uh, operator, you have, I don't know how many uh, workshops, you know, what was my, when at the end of the week, I was so happy. I made my planning, my production planning. I have two shifts. I made it. And there was something I was always happy that I've not found. And, you know, I produced, I produced the medicine and I, I made them according to my planning. So this is one of when I was in manufacturing that I love so much. The French health agency, I, I remember one also, it was a generic application, okay? And uh, it was European procedure and France was a concerned member state. The reference member state was Netherlands. And I put an objection because the, you know, in generic small molecule, the only clinical trial is the bioequivalence trial. Yeah. Okay. And that's a guideline. And our director of evaluation, he was part of this before I joined. And the guideline was saying, okay, the bioequivalent batch should be a pilot batch or a minimum of 100,000 tablets. In this company, the bioequivalence was 10,000 tablets. So Oh, major objection. No, they did not follow. And when you are a, a concerned member state, if uh, you put a major objection, you block. And I remember my boss, he said, no, Elan, you cannot put, come on, this API is very <laughs> soluble. I say, no, 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 I will go till the end because it makes jurisprudence. I don't know. If, if one do it, you know, it's against the guideline. So we can see other files coming with the same. Yes. No, I say I will go till the end. And and on the top of this, the reference member state, the assessor, I knew her. She present and I say, thank you. They give me the floor. I explain and I say, if we do it now, we can have other company doing the same if you accept once. And are we going to downgrade? So I defend my position and explain point by point. And so then the pharma company come to defend herself and they then they give me the floor to ask them questions. And I asked them only one question. I, I said, when you have manufactured your bioequivalence batch, was, was you aware about the guideline? And they say, yes. I say, okay, thank you. That's all. <laughs> and, and, I, I can and, imagine what, what the outcome was. <laughs> I, I was happy because I, I succeed. They have to reproduce a new batch and make a new bioequivalence study. If one day I need to give an advice, you know, for young people, when you have your argument and you have strong argument, never give up. The perseverance is very important. If you are in your right and you think that is right, fight, fight till the end. Never give up. I really like that. And I also like both stories because it clearly shows how what I just said, two feet on the ground person you are uh, with a bit of stubbornness, keeping to your principles. And, and I really enjoy that when you recall a, a, a memorable victory, it's it's something around these these lines where you were only doing your everyday job. 
So let's get to our final question, Alan. If you could have dinner with any historical figure, dead or alive, who would it be and why? You know that I was born in Lebanon, Lebanese origin, but we left Lebanon. I was 15 years old, so I never follow, you know, uh, what we call literature. During the last three years of school, you learn literature, the Arabic and Persian literature. Unfortunately, I did not. But years back, I read a book about Avicenne. Avicenne is this uh, doctor, medicine, doctor and philosopher in the 10th century. It was somewhere in Persia. And I felt in love with him, you know, even in a book. And I said to myself, this guy I should have met. It's a pity. If we can go back in the past, I would have loved meeting him because he was genius, you know. And 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 if he was doctor, he was just to, you know, what we're saying, say helping people, saving, you know, relieving them from their pain and so on. And on the other side, there is another one. I felt also in love with him when I read about him. He was in the 11th century. He was more a poet, a philosopher, more poet in the Persian, I think 11th or 12th century, I don't remember, 11th, Omar Khayyam, okay? And this guy, uh, he loves life. You know, when we say Carpe Diem, he loves life. And life was him loving, that's why he can write poetry. He, he loves drinking wine and he loves the woman. And he was so nice with women. I say, oh, this this one, I should have met him also. <laughs> <laughs> Those are really, really nice pics. I, I'm sure that they would have fascinating dinner partners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you enjoyed the most recent episode of Carbohydrate Chronicles today, delivered to you by Carbohydrate. We talked with Alan Blue, Global Market and Strategic Portfolio Manager and Rocket Frayers. As Alan sees, life can bring us a lot of unexpected changes, but we need to adapt, look at programs, uh, maybe out of the box sometimes. Uh, but life is all about, about these challenges and we need to stay passionate uh, to, to feel alive. And self-satisfaction is one of the keys to, to motivation and, and working happily. And maybe I, we can also conclude that a little bit of stubbornness and following principles and uh, being pragmatic with two feet on the ground will also help. Thank you for being here with us today, Alam. This has been a really stimulating discussion with a, with a unique insight. Thanks to you, Tamash. Thank you to you and to all Carbohydrate team. It's Carbohydrate team. <laughs> Thank you all for listening to this interview. Next week, in our next episode of Carbohydrate Chronicles, we'll talk with Matthew Oki O'Connor, founder and co-CEO of Cyclarity Therapeutics, a young pharma company with a unique longevity mission aiming to develop novel cyclodextrin-based treatments for atherosclerosis and other indications. Your host was Tamash Rohaida from Carbohyde. I hope you'll join me in our next session too. See you in one week. Goodbye.